Hi, and welcome to the second season of the Warfare in Conversation podcast. This time, I'm joined by friends who, in relaxed conversation, will walk us through spells of creativity, hardship, and what it takes to live a fulfilled life. As always, my deepest thanks extend to everyone who supports Warfare, both on and offline, through purchasing the fruits of my own creativity and of all the incredible Warfare artists. And for now, enjoy the episode. For today's conversation, I'm joined by Rohir. Rohir's main driving forces are passion and creativity. Being passionate about music and music education, he founded the Wheel of Thieves, an online community for musicians. Wheel of Thieves helps make music theory accessible for songwriters from all around the world through intuitive and easy-to-use learning tools. Outside of his work at Wheel of Thieves, you'll find him jamming with friends, producing new music for his band, or going to concerts to soak up inspiration. If you wish to stay up to date with Rahir, or if you want to learn more about music theory and to take your songwritings to new heights, be sure to follow the Wheel of Thieves on Instagram or visit wheelofthieves.com. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your time and enthusiasm to be on this podcast. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's actually my first podcast, so I'm very excited to be on here. Nice. Well, I haven't done many myself, so it's a learning curve. <laughs> You've done a few. You've done a few, for sure. Well, I wanted to kick off with jumping right into the topic of today, which is by large um, creativity art, but also music, which is your life, <laughs> if I can say that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, music is a very big part of my life. Um, well, yeah, I think since a kid, I've always, uh, I've always played music and uh, yeah. Yeah, I was really curious to learn more about your process and the journey that you've gone through in the musical sphere of your life. So how how did you start? Where does it all begin? It's actually quite interesting because I've always seen music more as like a hobby and a passion. And only in recent years, it became something that I now do for a living. Um, but I started playing the guitar when I was eight years old. It's actually a funny story. I remember, um, I think I was seven and I heard the Pokemon theme song on the radio or something. And I wanted to play that on the guitar. So I asked my parents if I could have a guitar because I wanted to play that song. So my mom took me to a toy store and we bought like a very cheap and shitty acoustic guitar. And then when I got home, I thought like, okay, let's play this song. But of course it's a very difficult song. So I couldn't play it. And then um, my parents signed me up for lessons. And then a year later when I was eight, um, I started with guitar lessons and I think when I was 12 ish, I, uh, developed my own musical taste. And that's when I really, really started, uh, getting into the guitar and, uh, started songwriting as well. I played in a cover band in high school for a few years. And, um, yeah, then after that I went to study and I didn't really lose touch with the guitar. Like I've always played guitar. I just didn't play as much. And then uh, when COVID started, uh, that's when I really started uh, to play the guitar again, as well as piano and 
bass and more recently drums. So yeah, I now cool. uh, have a lot of music things going on, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Wow. I mean, I can't even picture a seven-year-old right here with a guitar. <laughs> Must have been quite a, cute, <laughs> quite a cute sign. <laughs> It was uh, it was a very big guitar. I was like a little boy, so uh, must have looked very funny. So there is no kids' guitars. You just jump straight into the adult stuff. I think we bought a big one. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like twenty, thirty euros, but it was a very big guitar. <laughs> That is funny. Nice. I mean, I always feel like these passions, hobbies, especially the ones that you pick up as a young person, a child even, really shape you in so many ways. And in my head, I mean, I tried to play guitar maybe a couple of times in my life and I just felt like I have no patience for it. But it felt like my fingers were not molded or not, I don't know, agile enough, not fast enough to play guitar. And I wonder... Do you have any ideas in around how did guitar shape you both physically as well as mentally? I don't think there's such a thing as that your fingers aren't fit for the guitar. I think that's a matter of finding the right teacher and just uh, perseverance. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Like I'm learning the piano right now and it's difficult. Like these are not things that are easy. Um, But yeah, mentally as well, music has really, really shaped me, not just playing the guitar, but also other instruments, songwriting. It's, um, yeah, you're constantly coming up with new things, uh, solving problems, learning to think creatively. And that also really impacts your life in other aspects. Plus, when I listen to music now, um, you hear it so much more profoundly. Like every song you hear on the radio, you realize, how many layers there are to it and how much work goes into it and it's a beautiful form of art yeah and if i can add one more thing it also helped me see other arts differently so i have a pretty deep understanding of music but say painting or dancing i don't know anything about but there is so much that goes into those arts too so it just makes you look up to anybody who who is creative and who does art Yeah, certainly, certainly. I feel like music is a language that you master or or, or even an instrument is a, is a language and, um, and I feel like the more of these instruments and languages you speak or master, the easier it is. Is that true? Yes, there's actually a very nice quote by Stevie Wonder, which is music is a world within itself with a language we all understand. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's something that connects people across languages, across cultures, across race. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something we all have in common and we can all appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd love to jump straight into your songwriting and, and all that stuff, but I think let's take a step back and reflect a little bit on your career to date um, so I know that you have gone through some trials and you've you know tried out different things and different career um, goals could you walk us through some of that and then how did you 
finally transition into what you're doing now and maybe give us a bit of a glimpse into what it is you're doing? Yes, for sure. I think that's a long story, but I'll try <laughs> to keep it short. But it started when I was like 14. When I was 14, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a musician. But then somehow I lost touch with what my heart truly wants. But um, I was doing well in school and I was looking at universities and came up with the idea of wanting to study business. So that's what I did after high school. I studied international business at the University of Groningen. And then after that, I went on to do my master's, um, which was good. Like it's good to have a, have a, a like solid education but it wasn't truly what I wanted to do. Like deep down, I knew there was something else, but I wanted to give it a shot. So um, after my studies, I started working as a strategy manager at a shipping company, but I struggled a little bit with that job because it wasn't a creative job. The whole day I was sitting behind computers, typing reports, talking with governments, with banks, things like that. So I think the creative part of me felt a little bit uh, yeah, I just wanted something more from my work because work is something that in Western society we spend 30, 40 hours a week doing. And it just didn't make sense to me to spend so much time to something that I do not really resonate with. So last year in July, I, um, I quit that job and took the leap into becoming an entrepreneur and started my own business, which is called Wheel of Fifths, um, which is an online community for learning music theory. So I've designed a tool to help people learn music theory. Um, to quickly explain it to you, it's like a circle with all the notes on the guitar or piano or whatever. And you can just turn it and quickly see the notes in every major or minor key. So. It's designed to make learning uh, music theory easier and more accessible or even fun, you could say. And um, yeah, that's that's a tool that I designed. I'm now selling that on my website and I'm managing a community on Instagram, on Facebook and like all other social channels. And uh, yeah, that has really allowed me to follow my heart, to do what I want to do and um, to spend my life working on music, so. Nice, yeah, kudos to you. It's a, it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but. What's interesting is that actually your story is very similar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. It is in many ways. I feel like the common factor here is the fact that there was frustration with, um, yeah, maybe not so much just the educational part, but um making doing things that are truly um reflective of our passions and um personal and professional frustrations too so yeah <laughs> for sure i think yeah you have to consider yourself very lucky when you combine uh that what you love to do with something that can help you make a living so yeah Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do have to say that the job that I had before, I'm very grateful for that because I did learn a lot there. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned that you you sort of lost touch um, with your passion. 
So going back, you know, making choices for university careers and things like that. Why do you think that was? I think the love for the guitar, because I'm specific, specifically talking about the guitar there. I think my love for guitar has always been there. It's just that in university, I was limited to like a small room where I didn't have any electric guitars or anything like that. I had an acoustic guitar, but that's all I had. And uh, I didn't really have the time to play guitar as much as I wanted to. I'm sure if I really wanted to, I could have made time for it. I just, I just didn't. I was focusing on other things in my life. And then, um, yeah, a few years later after university, actually, I uh, met a friend and he was just learning bass and he really got me into music again. And um, yeah, that really motivated me to pick it up again and um, start writing songs. And I met a lot of people through that and uh, now surrounded by a lot of musicians, beautiful people that I make music with every week. It's so much fun. I think I just I think I just forgot how much fun it was. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Also, I was in um in a cover band in high school mm -hmm. and the band broke up because we all went to different universities throughout the Netherlands. So, I think that's also one of the reasons why I started playing a little bit less. Um it's cuz the the band was no longer there. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm okay. You mentioned that you wanted to seek and pursue a creative job. What is creativity for you? Okay, this is interesting because I'm not sure I have the answer, but um, I think creativity is something that everybody has, but not everybody knows they have. So for me, creativity is like, um, I think you can best describe it as an energy that turns ideas into things. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of, it's something through which you can express yourself. Nice. Which, which sounds very abstract, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. And how do you use that creative power in your life? Um, I think naturally uh, humans are creators. So everything we do could be seen as creation. Um, how do I use it in my life, uh, with work? You could see that in a bigger picture. Like I created the job that would be my dream job, but within that I'm creating constantly like the songwriting tool and other products and the community and even something as silly as a post for Instagram. Like you can express yourself in each of these different things. Um, and the same goes for songwriting, for playing guitar, piano, whatever. I think I think you can approach everything with uh, a creative angle, even at my previous job where I was just typing financial reports and things like that all day. Even there, like it was a challenge, but I tried to be creative and I tried to let my personality kind of like shine through the work that I did. Yeah, that's an interesting um, remark because I feel like there is this preconception that creative work or creativity at work or in life equals you know music or art or um any of these creative industries um but i actually really feel like creativity is abundant everywhere 
it doesn't matter what you do and in how what job you do what um circle of people you're around you can always or you are always creative and you always create i agree i think in that sense you can kind of relate creativity to art but take something as simple as making a cup of coffee like if you really dive into that that's a really artful thing like first you have to grind the beans then this and that like there's so much that goes into it it's very artful to find out how these things work and it can be the most mundane thing but yeah i think everything can be seen as art and thus um creativity i think is what creates art mhm so thus creativity can be used to to make anything from a sandwich to uh to a song yeah do you know what i mean i read a book on creativity i think you have as well by rick rubin yes <laughs> yes the creative act a way yeah, of being exactly and that book made me think about the difference of the difference between creating and being creative versus doing business for instance in a music in the music industry you could be making songs writing songs but and then you're selling them right and it's a business and then how different is that to creating for the sake of creating <laughs> yeah i think people often say that a good piece of art or a good work sells itself but it it doesn't you do have to share it you do have to make sure it reaches the right people so um yeah i think that's a de very difficult question and if i had the answer then uh i think my life would look a lot different <laughs> <laughs> i'd be on a big stage somewhere so no um Yeah, that actually I think you shared something on your Instagram the other day about this about how uh creatives are not the best business people. They don't like pushing their their art. Mhm. Mm I think um art is not always made with the intention of it being a commercial success. And that's why it's so challenging for artists to do promote their their work. Mhm. Mm And art is not always successful either like but that doesn't mean it's it's not artful <laughs> it can be a success to the artist even if it's not making money yeah that's true i mean it's always i always try to reflect on anything that i do in terms of the process and the art of creating and how does that make me feel and then the minute you release anything whether it's a product or a song or even the piece of writing the way that's interpreted by whoever that is receiving it will be completely different to maybe the way you wanted it to be perceived and interpreted so at the end of the day i think it all goes down to that process but that's a, that's a beautiful thing art is very subjective and what's art for one person may not be art for another person so yeah, yeah i think that makes it very nice Yeah. And that's why you can have such good discussions about art because everybody has their own opinions about it. Yeah, I feel only I think art almost becomes valuable the minute that we bring those subjective um subjective remarks and discussions. Wasn't there a Banksy painting that he shredded at an exhibition? and everybody started talking about it and it became so yeah it, i think it was already sold even 
and then it was shredded and it became worth so much more just because people talked about it yeah i mean <laughs> we're, we're sidetracking but narrative and storytelling is a huge part of our existence <laughs> and we build stories around everything we do and those stories bring meaning to life experiences objects art whatever it is true although at the same time art can be very abstract and you can kind of make up your own story which is a different type of art but yeah 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 <laughs> one thing i really like about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right okay there are so many different terms that we could touch on besides creativity and the other one is passion do you feel like there is quite a distinctive understanding of the two or are they in some way yes for sure um if i have to uh, look at my own life for uh to give an example i would say um i have a passion for music for playing guitar and for expressing myself through an instrument um and creativity is sort of the thing that turns passion into art so i'm i would personally not focus so much on being creative, but rather focus on what's your passion? What do you like doing? What are you good at? And then when you find that thing and you work on it, you're automatically being creative because you're enjoying what you're doing. And if that's the case, then whatever comes out, I think is always uh, art. Okay, that's, so that's kind of how I see the difference between them. Right. And you mentioned art. So where does art sit? Is art the outcome? Is that the final product of creativity that's, and passion? That's how most people do see it, um, because it's it's sort of like, um, like if you look at a mushroom, the um, like the mushroom itself, that would be the art that people see or an iceberg. But like the, the most part of the mushroom or the iceberg is underwater, it's under the ground. And it's like that with art too. There's a, there's a process that people do not see, which mm -hmm. is art just as much as the end result, which is visible for people. Okay. And uh, right. So then we have another layer that I want to talk about. There are so many layers. <laughs> so we have, I like the analogies of, you know, all the work that goes into a piece of whatever piece of art. What about motivation? Motivation. <laughs> oh, that's a where very do you find thing. motivation in your artistic, creative endeavors, and how do you manage yourself? Yeah, that kind of relates as well to to forcing yourself to be creative. <clears throat> uh, motivation is something that I that I still struggle with. Uh, you can't always force yourself to be motivated um, or inspired. Uh, I, I see those things a little bit as the same thing. Um, yeah, there, there's no, there are no cheat codes there. You either are motivated or you're not. And what you can do is give yourself the space to create. So take away distractions and let go of ideas that may limit you creatively. And instead just allow yourself to create whatever comes out. And if you're in that space of mind, I think motivation or inspiration can naturally arise, but it does take time. Motivation sometimes just isn't there and you have to allow for that to happen too. doesn't mean that you cannot create, but 
it does mean that creating itself will be a bit more difficult and you may not always like what comes out the other end. Mm -hmm. So what that's is... my experience. I don't know if you <laughs> experience the same thing. I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I feel like I'm quite structured. I was going to ask about how, you know, what's your typical day then, but let me quickly answer and I'll let you answer. Um, I feel like I'm quite structured and that sometimes is um, hindering my creative abilities. Um, so for instance, now I am writing a lot. Um, I have deadlines to meet and I need to write. <laughs> I need to write, you know, 20, 20, 30,000 words. So I'm writing for my PhD. And um... that's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. That is so much. <laughs> and um, because I have deadlines, those motivate me. But at the same time, it feels like the process by which I get to the deadline should be less structured than what it is currently. That's kind of what I'm fighting and battling against is, no, I don't have to sit down at 9 a.m. every morning and force myself writing. I can write whenever during the day or whenever during now and in between now and my deadline it doesn't have to be so structured especially that i have the flexibility and around other things that i do so why do i force myself to be so structured in my approach right right so for Maybe me deadlines it. are great and they're motivating and i <laughs> I wouldn't say they inspire me to write, but they are, they are motivating. Because yeah. there's, there's pressure to finish something at a certain point and you want to get it done because you don't want the negative repercussions of not meeting a deadline. Mm -hmm. So that's why you create. So yeah, I could see that's uh, the pressure of, of a deadline is a good motivator. Yeah. And I feel like my, just in life in general, including anything creative, I wake up in the morning thinking, what can I do? What one single step can I take that will almost thread the needle for me? Like, is there something that will push me a little bit farther on that progress or to, to get to the end goal? Um, and it could be the most banal things or it could be actually spending a few hours writing and getting quite a lot of things done, but always trying to meet at least this one significant um, goal for the day. Yeah, it could be having a morning routine. Uh, it's different for every person, but going on a walk in the morning, uh, making a cup of tea, taking a, a cold shower, working out, things like that, for sure. So going back then, I want to revert that question to you. How, what does your day look like and how do you manage yourself? Um, okay, so right now I'm actually working a part-time job four days a week at Cordify, which is a music company here in Groningen. Um, so yeah, when I, when I have to work, I, uh, typically wake up maybe 7.30, something like that, work out before work, take a shower, breakfast, and then go to the office or work from home. Um, but when I have a day for myself and when I'm not working for Cordify, um it kind of starts the same i do I'm, I'm not a very big morning person though i do tend to be more creative and inspired uh at night so ideally i wouldn't sleep very early but i just 
stay up um, maybe until one or so. So then wake up at eight, nine, uh, work out, uh, take a shower, start my day. And I don't, I don't always start working right away. I like to give myself some time, maybe start working around noon so I can just have a chill morning. And then you kind of get in this headspace where you're just relaxed, not too stressed. And, um, yeah, I check my emails, see if I have any orders to ship. And then I do that, make sure everything is, is shipped out before five. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm not a very, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a very structured person. Uh, I think you know this about me, but if you look at my house, everything is always clean and tidy and everything. Uh, I never lose anything. I always know where everything is and. Um, also in my head, things are very structured. I don't really forget appointments with people or birthdays because I just memorize things well and I have them structured in my head, but then the creative process isn't always like this. So whether it's work, whether it's, uh, writing a song, whether it's work for wheel of fifths, um, I tend to just open myself up and just see what idea comes up and I work on that. And then if something better pops up in my head, I'm not uh, hesitant to leave one idea behind and start working on something else, which is a bit of a downside because that doesn't mean I have a lot of projects that are unfinished mm. or things that I still want to take on. But uh, at the same time, I feel like if you're inspired by something, um, you cannot revoke that feeling you get, sorry, you cannot recall that feeling of inspiration one or two days later. So I tend to just follow it to see where it takes me and uh, be open for whatever I'm going to create because that's the fun part. You don't know what's going to come out. Mm -hmm. So what inspires you these days? Nature. Nature is a big one. Um, people. Uh, traveling. I just came back from a little trip to Portugal, which was very inspiring. Um, food is a big thing and, uh, feelings like a good feeling can be an inspiration just as much as a sad feeling. Mm -hmm. These are things that you could write about or yeah. Okay. I think, I think everything can be amused, so to say. Right. Okay. So how, I just want to get into your mind <laughs> and understand, let's, let's get into my mind. Sure. <laughs> understand how how does nature translate into music what is the process there it could be a picture that you have in your head of say a forest with a beautiful tree and you just imagine yourself sitting there with a the guitar and playing a certain playing a certain melody that's very soothing very calming and that could translate into a song or um, or it could be inspiration, maybe indirectly in the sense that, uh, it calms you down and, uh, relaxes you. And that's when you get into a state of mind where you get ideas like, uh, showers are another thing that inspire me. I get so many ideas in the shower and I don't know why, maybe it's because I clear my head and then things naturally pop up. But uh, I've had my best ideas in the shower. I'm not even joking. Interesting. Do you believe in gut feelings then? Yes, always. 
Okay. Yeah. I didn't used to, but that's something that has shifted in recent years. Now, why do you think that that's true? Mm, because I used to be a very rational person. I used to overthink things and I kind of stopped doing that. And my life has become a lot more fun. And when I look back, I'm now at the place where I want to be. Whereas back when I made decisions based on reason, I'm not saying like, don't, don't think about things before you do them, because that's not what I mean. But you don't need to overanalyze. You can, um, you can trust your heart, your gut to, uh, to take you to the right place. And it's worked for me. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, certainly it feels like you have built your own little empire. <laughs> I wouldn't call it an empire just yet, but, uh, yeah. I'm very I mean, do you know what? what it's, it's interesting because there, our lives are always the biggest thing we know. That's our life. It's everything. And then on the grand scheme of things, your life is so unimportant, let's just say. But I mean, I always tend to focus on the importance, that part of it. it it's important. Everyone's life is important. Um, but it feels like when you're starting off at, on any new endeavor, you... Yeah, you almost have to think about it as it is the universe. It's, it is your empire. <laughs> it is your own little world, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to see something grow from, a, from an idea. Because um, actually, maybe it's nice to, to mention this. Um, my business, Wheel of Fifths, started um, as a Christmas gift idea for friends. So I had the idea for two friends to make them like a DIY Christmas gift kind of thing with like a songwriting tool based on the circle of fifths, which is like a, a concept in music theory so that it would help them with songwriting. And I made one for myself too. And then I started thinking about it. Uh, like, this is a good product. This is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I'm good at. Um, like I've had decent understanding of music theory, but I also really like uh, the marketing aspect of selling something. I like the, the graphical designer aspect of creating a product. Um, I like the business aspect of talking with suppliers and uh, yeah, like negotiate, how are we going to turn this into a physical product? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of something that combined all my strengths and um, yeah, it's just funny how these how these things arise. So this was something that started as a as a Christmas gift idea. <laughs> Interesting. That's I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've that's how it began. But yeah, now it's like its own little empire, and uh, it's really nice to see how you can turn like these ideas that are little seeds mm -hmm. into into something that is not just meaningful to you, but uh, to also see uh, other people, customers, if you will, to see them enjoy it and to, yeah, to hear back from them how much your product has helped them, for example. It's really, really nice. Yeah, indeed. Um, and it must be the same for you, like seeing people wear your clothes. I know that I'm wearing a wear for t-shirt <laughs> right now, but seeing people wear your clothes, that must be very satisfying because that's, that's why you do it. You do it to create something, to share it with people. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It is a funny feeling. <laughs> I'm yet to um, 
bump into someone wearing warfare on the street. That's my dream. <laughs> I feel like the minute I get there, I'm done. Um, I can retire. <laughs> my dream is hearing one of my songs on the radio. That would be uh, really cool. I don't listen to radio though, so I don't know when that's gonna happen, but one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, you've mentioned business. You've mentioned um creativity how do you juggle the two do you see are there boundaries or are the boundaries um in some way intertwined what how what are your what are your feelings around that as a creative i think um first and foremost and then a business person yes i would say creativity first uh business second um, there are a lot of things that I do just for myself and that no one will ever get to see or hear because it's not something that I consider, uh, something to be sold or something to be made for others. Some things I make just for myself, but, um, yeah, then there are things that I create on accident that could be a commercial success, like the songwriting to itself. It's something I made for friends, but then um then i i got the idea of selling it and making a business around it and uh at the same time i saw that as my ticket out of my previous job which i didn't like very much so uh yeah um i think a lot of businesses start from an idea of love or from uh, a source of inspiration which is not about how can I earn a lot of money or, you know, how can I get people to like me or whatever, but just how can I, uh, do this thing that I'm good at and create something that people may enjoy. So the intention is, is not focused on something commercial, but rather on what's true to you. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest lesson so far from running your business? It's not always easy, but it's worth it. Um, personally, I, I really like being an entrepreneur. The freedom is very nice. You don't have to listen to anyone. Uh, nobody can tell you anything, uh, cause it's your idea. It's your little baby. Um, yeah, it's, it's very good to have your own project and to find out how creative you truly are. And there are a lot of challenges. There are times when you have an idea for a product, but it takes months to actually complete because you're procrastinating or you're not feeling inspired or whatever. So you learn a lot about yourself. Um, but yeah, the biggest lesson has been, uh, to do follow your heart and do not buy into what everyone says about, you need to have a stable job. You need to, you know, uh, sure. It's good to have a stable job, but it's not for everyone. And if anything, your twenties are for taking risks and finding out what works and doesn't work for you, which you do and don't like and, uh, making mistakes. So maybe I'm making a big mistake right now, but I'm loving it. So, uh, yeah, that's my biggest lesson. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I think, um, I would reflect, I would, uh, mirror that one in terms of learning that it's okay to fail as well as as well as to succeed and own that process of failure fail, failure um 
I think when I reflect back on my the last sort of two three years, um, of my business, it feels like I had lots of micro failures, <laughs> and then in a way, that puts me on a new spectrum of failure. <laughs> okay, that sounds. Yeah, I'm go. Yeah, basically. Can you, give, can you give an example of one of those? Yeah, sure. Um. I mean, even just some some tiny things. Um, we were working on a new product, and we thought we can embroider in a certain way, and then that was a failure because it didn't work. Um, that's like a small small okay. sort of failure setback, however you wanna call it. Um. Yeah, so th these these things happen, they pop up all the time. And my learning from all of this is actually that it is quite easy to, your imagination is boundless. Like you can imagine whatever in your head. But then yeah, when you, as soon sure. as you translate that into the physical world, especially with a physical product, then it gets very complicated. And then the right. end goal, as I think as that creator that, that, um, imagined creation you get very frustrated along the way because there are so many obstacles that can come your way right that could... and you learn you learn so much from these little mistakes yeah, exactly so if it's something that you learn from is if it's something that you grow from as a person and if it's something that maybe you avoid maybe it's a mistake that you avoid making a next time is it really a mistake like if there's something good you can learn from it why would you even label it as such? Mm -hmm. It's just uh, a learning opportunity. But yeah, you just mentioned something that I want to uh, dive a little deeper in. How nice is it to create a physical product and to hold uh, your product for the first time? Like, it's so much nicer than creating, say, an ebook or an MP3 file or whatever. It's so nice to have something that you can hold, uh, whether it's a t-shirt like like what you make or uh a record on on vinyl or something that you can hold and look at yeah no that's a really good point it's a really good point and with the physical the physicality of it i feel like i'm always unsatisfied like you can there's no level that is not um high enough <laughs> like there's always more to strive yes. towards i i mean nowadays i look at products and i look at them with a very critical eye um because i know um how much work it goes into it but then also how much more could go into it as in there's so right. many improvements that could be made um so even with my product i i'm always so I don't, people ask me, and I actually, I wonder that a lot with music is, is that, do you actually enjoy your music? <laughs> like, do you? Yes. The reason I make music, because if the music that I made uh, already existed, I wouldn't be making music at all. The reason that I love songwriting so much is because my favorite band doesn't exist. And this sounds very weird, but um, the music that I make with my band, No Man's Island, it's probably one of my favorite music. 
Um, so I have a lot of different inspirations, say Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jimi Hendrix, Parcels, um, even more electronic stuff like Daft Punk, um, funky stuff like Chic, uh, Nell Rogers, uh, things like that. These are all the artists that I love. And I always ask myself, like, what would it sound like if you would take each of these, which I really enjoy, and put them together? Like, what would that sound like? And the interesting thing about being in a band and making music is that I have these favorite artists and I put them together and that's what has shaped me as a guitar player. Mm. Now, um, our singer in our band, he has the same thing. He has each of these influences from George Michael to Prince to Michael Jackson. And so does our bass player and so does everyone in the band. And when you put that together, not just for you, but for everyone that is in a musical group, you get such a nice, it's like a little love child. You get such a nice mix of all these different inspirations, which makes something very unique. And uh, yeah, you know uh, better than anyone else how much work goes into that. And uh, I really enjoy my own music because uh, I hear the things. Uh... Now, I didn't enjoy my music when I started writing. Like, of course, it's it's a journey, but it's just so much fun. It's so much fun to hear what it sounds like when all these influences come together. And uh, it's also friendship, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing. And to make music with friends and it's just it takes you to a different place. Nice. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if um, before we I actually really would love to learn a little bit more about the band you're in and what stage you're at and where can could people listen to that music that you're describing uh but before that i want to wrap up the whole business career mission purpose whatever you want to name it how All the abstract stuff <laughs> <laughs> that part and um, is there any guidance or um thoughts um that you'd like to share with anyone who's maybe at that space that you were with your first job or even before that um when you were navigating yourself as a young well you're still very young but as a younger person <laughs> before university etc is there anything that you would share try different things don't be afraid to make mistakes and you're never gonna find the right thing for you right away. Like it could take years, it could take decades before you find what works for you. But do not hesitate to try new things. Keep an open mind and uh, open yourself up to being whatever you want to be. Anything is possible. And uh, yeah, just do it. Try to try to overcome your your fears of what if I don't have enough money? What if this? What if that? Like these are very valid. Um, very valid things to worry about. But at the same time, these are things that could keep you stuck in a position where you don't want to be. So uh, it's always good to look at those ideas, those limiting, belie limiting beliefs uh, very critically and uh, follow your heart because your heart knows best in, in which, which direction to go. It's worked for me. I think it has worked for you. So yeah, certainly. keep an open mind and try new things and you'll find something. Yeah, I like that. And I think I would emphasize um, the fear element 
I think we create fear in our minds a lot of the time. Um, and we use that as an excuse to not pursue something that we really want to pursue deep down somewhere there. Um, and actually, I remember when I... Now I completely actually forgot about it. But now that I think about it, when I started my... I had the idea to have my own business and lots of different ideas were brewing in my head. And I didn't think I had something that it within me to pursue on any of these ideas until I was reading a book about fear, actually. And it really what, turned... What book was it? Um, yeah, that's a good one. It was um, Fearless... Michelle Poller. Oh, there you go. Michelle Poller. Okay. Fear, Michelle Poller. I Fearless, don't know her. I think, something like that. I mean, it's a very short book, full of activities, very much self-help, but it shifted something within me to um, to open myself up to new experiences. So the gist of the book was that the author set herself a challenge to try a new thing every day for 100 days. So she did lots of crazy things within that. And I think one of the first few was quitting her job that she wasn't happy with. And yeah, so yeah, that's that. And then at that point in my life, I felt like, what is there to lose, really? I feel like I felt for the first time that there is only things to gain. Even if I'm losing things, there's so much more to gain. At that point, was it hard for you to quit your job? It was... It wasn't hard, I don't think. Although what was hard was that I had a certain um, expectation from that job, which was not met. And I feel like getting to the understanding and accepting that, that this will not be met here. I need to seek that somewhere else. That right. was hard. But for me... I never thought about it in terms of financial stability or or how will this look on my CV or what other people will think of me or whatever. So that wasn't hard because I don't care about these things or they're not my priority. I care, but not my priority. Um, but that was a priority and that was something deep inside of me and that heart in a way. And I had to heal that and I had to right. move on from that. I think it's good to keep faith that things will always work out. Like even financially, th there are always friends and family that you can rely on. You'd be surprised how helpful people can be when you are struggling. Just, uh, yeah, keep faith in that. Keep faith in humanity. It's a big thing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, I want to wrap up slowly, but I do want to... Um, hear a little bit more about yeah the band you mentioned and the band the band so tell us tell us a bit yes about um it. so this is a it's kind of like a friendship project that started during covid so me and bart bart is a very good friend of mine uh he plays bass guitar and we started jamming in 2020 so only three years ago and then another friend of us uh that i met through my previous roommate um, his name is Luke. He's a very good singer and uh, he really has a very, very high falsetto, kind of like Prince-ish. Uh, so he's a very good singer and a very good bass player. Put those together and uh, along with the fact that we're really good friends and we really match on the, 
on a spiritual level as well. We have a very good understanding of each other. And uh, yep, we've been creating music for a couple of years now. First, we were mostly just playing cover songs, but we each really like uh, song. And next to that, I really got into music production. So recording music, uh, mixing music, mastering music. It's not the easiest thing. It's kind of like learning a new instrument. So it's a lot of uh, falling and getting back up. But it's very fun to just work on ideas, to be able to record them, to listen to them, to bring them to rehearsals and, you know, work on things. So we've been doing that for a couple of years. Right now we have, I think, four, maybe five songs kind of finished. Uh, we want to record them, hopefully release them this year, if not uh, early next year. And I think when we have our first music released, that's when we will start doing concerts. And next to that, we have like 20, 30 demos that um, each of them have potential. So I'm hopefully gonna, gonna be working on that a lot in the coming months. And yeah, we're called No Man's Island. And hopefully in a few months time, we can release something. Wow, nice. Well, I cannot, I cannot wait to share it with people because it's been so much fun, but it's all been happening in secret now, kind of. But there's a lot of a lot of songs that are uh, very nice, very funky, very danceable. And yeah, like I said, it's a mix of, of uh, inspiration drawn from all of my favorite artists. So well, I'm I like looking it. forward to that <laughs> <laughs> very, very much. Um, yeah, very curious to to You've heard some things, right? A little bit, a little bit, but a little bit. You'll hear more. Yeah, yes. Um, no man's island no man's island yes there is a story right uh it's actually um it's actually a poem i don't know i don't remember the name of the author but the name of the poem is no man is an island and it's about how everybody is connected mm -hmm. and how uh we're not little islands but instead we're you know everything that connects us and i think that's um that's something that I hold very dear to me. It's the way I look at life. I see everything as connected, everything as one. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a view that my friends slash bandmates share too. So when uh, Bart was it who had the idea for the band name, he sent that poem and we were like, okay, that's that's a really sick band name. So we changed No Man Is An Island to No Man's Island. Nice, uh, I love that. I love that. Not, that's the name we're working with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool name. I think it will resonate with people. And uh, I hope so. um, I one of my I don't know if you would say um, mantras or I don't know whatever uh, that I go by is actually that in this life we are alone together. So yes, I think each person is at the end of the day, very much alone in this journey of life, but we're alone together <laughs> with right, other people. If, if you're alone as an individual, but so is every other individual. Yes, exactly. It's exactly. kind of like a, like a collective, like a shared experience. So it is. are you really alone then if everyone else is going <laughs> through this? Well, I think that we're all, um, it's a single player game. So in a way, life you know, your it's your responsibility to get up in the morning and whatnot. 
um, no one can make you happy or inspired on whatever else. It's all within you. For sure, for sure. But then we live in that single responsibility in the in the bigger space with others, and we share that, and then we bounce off each other. I fully agree. And that being said, I think it's good to look at life a little bit in terms of a game. Mm -hmm. um, in a sense that you shouldn't take life too seriously. Like, don't be scared to to fall, to quit your job, to do things like that. Um, if anything, it makes a good story. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I think we have absolutely exhausted <laughs> ourselves making connections and drawing the dots in this conversation. Right. right. But I love how it all came together. I hope. I hope when we listen back to it, it makes some sense. But I anyway, so. I I found this absolutely inspiring and very creative of us. <laughs> so, so did I. Thank yeah, you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Thank you for having me. No, always. And I hope we'll do this again at some point. Hopefully. And hopefully then I have some music to share. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. Fingers crossed for that. And best of luck with everything. Thank you.